Hey, everyone. Hey, everyone. Hey, everyone. What the heck? <laughs> we're back. It's been three months, but we're back. It's Sunday Snow. We, we, uh, we took some time off. Like, it's uh, the last episode we posted was mid July. And since then, uh, my daughter's junior year of softball has been in full swing, but that the season ended uh, a week and a half ago. And so, um, it's it's recording season again it's fire pit season again that's where i'm at right now i'm like sitting at noah farms by the fire pit and we are recording a brand new episode um and this is the point in the episode where we usually brought to you by so and so and usually it's eagle ridge because we're plugging eagle ridge but tonight in this spot cody is going to uh tell us about a company that he just became a brand ambassador for Hey everyone, uh, so tonight I want you to go check out Official Par Hopper on Instagram. You can use Cody10 for 10% off any purchase. Um, they got some sweet shirts, like I have an order of shirts coming right now that will like knock your socks off. So like any pictures like moving forward, um, I'll probably be in an Official Par Hopper shirt. Uh, some cool stuff, go check them out. Again, use Cody10 for 10% off. Nice. Nice. All right. Um, so in the in the time that has passed since our last uh, episode, uh, quite a bit has happened in the golf world anyway. Of course, you know, in in the in the big time golf world, you've got the stuff between live and the PGA and you've, we've had the President's Cup and and all that stuff uh, in our little world. We have had the Optic Cup, which we won. Uh, yeah uh, uh, cody andy tommy and myself we won i believe we were we were like two or three strokes clear of second place um and um so we walked away we walked away as uh as winners with that um and uh, we'll talk about that for just a little bit and then we're also gonna talk about a little bit of a review of Broken Arrow Golf and Athletic Club, where Cody is a member, full disclosure. Uh, but uh, I went up this last weekend, uh, play how, what did we, how many holes did we play? 40? We played 40. 40 holes. Uh, and it was a ton of fun. It was a ton of fun. And like it, it like because of softball and everything else, like my, my golf itch was like starting to go away and, uh, uh, broken arrow sufficiently scratched that itch and uh and so uh like i was telling cody just earlier i said okay, if it if it weren't for our family situation right now where we're down to one vehicle for a, a little bit i would have been at the golf course after school every day this week because there's no softball games there's no softball practice basketball season doesn't start for two more weeks and so i would have been using every bit of this dwindling daylight to get out and and play some golf but hopefully Hopefully here before before too much longer. So anyway, let's let's bring everybody up to speed on Optic Cup. Um, if uh, if you haven't heard us talk about it uh, earlier on in, in, in other episodes, Optic Cup is uh, a four man scramble that is put on by the NSU School of Optometry, College of Optometry in Tahlequah at Northeastern State University. It's held at Cherokee Springs, which is a great course. Cody's very familiar with that course. Uh, I played it uh, a, a few times when I lived in Cookson just down the road, but um, it's, it's, it's one of those places where I, I, I'm almost certain I can speak for Cody when I say this and I speak for myself. Like I, it's gotten to the point where um, it's a, it's a very comfortable layout. Um, it's a lot of fun. The scenery is great, but it's a, it's a very fun, comfortable place to play golf. Man, to be honest with you, like, Cherokee was the first, like, uh, I guess, home course for me growing yeah. up in Gourds, only 25 minutes away. Yeah. So before I joined at Broken Arrow, Cherokee was the place that I played the most. Um, so I know every spot to be in. I know what I should hit. I could play an entire round there without touching a rangefinder. Mm. Um, <clears throat> we talk about Broken Arrow. Carrie and I will dive into how how easy you can get around that place without a rangefinder too. Um, and man, Cherokee is just it's a simple layout. There's a ton of elevation change, like on the back. Um, you know, some long holes, some short holes. Um, the par threes are fun. 
you know, just overall, like, bang for your buck, it, it's really stinking good. Yeah, yeah, it is. And it's undergone, if I remember right, it's it's it wasn't always Cherokee Springs. It used to be Cherry Springs, and then Cherokee <clears throat> Nation bought it, uh, did a big renovation, uh, I think mostly, like, as far as, like, turf goes and things like that. It was, it was turf. It was turf and bunkers. Okay. And I think I don't think they did anything with the greens, really. Um, but they, I, I know for a fact, they put at least 2 million into it. Okay. That's what, that was the number that I had in my head that I was told when, when we lived in Cookson, because when I went up, um, one time to play at Deacon and I, when he had just started like getting old enough to play, um, and even Hayden may have gone with us or Ainsley may have gone with, I can't remember, but went up and I was like, wait a minute, this isn't cherry. Uh, this is not cherry Springs anymore. Uh, and then since. Uh, together a lot the last couple of years uh yeah it's it's just become just a really fun familiar place to play I and mean, i'm like you i don't play there nearly as much as you do but just since optic cup last year i think we might have played up there twice in that in that year's time like over the winter or the spring or something and uh and i'm like you like i i in in what little i've played like i know my sight lines i know where i want to hit the ball i know where i can i know where i can miss and uh, especially since, like, being able to hit the driver consistently again, that's made that's – because <laughs> uh, used to be, you know, my, my, my driver was – you know, ball flight was no more than 50 feet off the ground and just this low laser that would go about 240. And, you know, it's, you can still get around, but a place like Cherokee Springs where you've got a lot of risk-reward on some holes is a lot more fun when your driver works. Oh yeah, and when Kerry is getting around the ball now, I'm telling you right now, he is smothering his driver. I mean, it is, <laughs> it's true, truly a sight right now. He told me that he has more distance now at 43 than he ever did at 23. So pretty crazy. Yeah, I mean, he is pummeling the golf ball, and it's it's truly fun to watch. And I, I think it was on show at at Optic Cup this year. And to be honest with you, um, <clears throat> you know, I, I think. One of the reasons we started this podcast was we were kind of talking about it at Optic Cup, and we were like, hey, we could talk about this on a podcast. And then it was just like, you know, I mean, so Optic Cup always kind of has like a special place, you know, in my heart now. Um, And I mean, now we're we're freaking champions, baby. I mean, it's like we, you know, we went and we did the dang thing. Um, you know, of course, we got accused of pencil whipping. However, if they saw our round, they would have seen that we left quite a few shots out there. It could have been way worse than it was. Yeah. Um, I think I mean, we left Mulligan on the table, did we not? I think we left – yeah, I think we left a Mulligan on the table. So, I mean, <clears throat> one of the – I think one of the points where I knew that we had it in the bag, and, and this is going to sound crazy, was – our, we started on nine, and uh-huh. we birdied nine because Tommy hit that, like, nipped wedge to, like, a foot and a half. And I was yep. like, oh, yep. this is a lot easier than it was last year. Yeah. And we – and Tommy was coming off, like, a ridiculous bender. He had played at the World Ams in – was it North Carolina or South uh-huh. Carolina, whatever it was. And, like, he had finished eighth in his flight or something like that. And, I mean, the guy's just, like, playing out of his gourd right now. Well, not anymore, but he was. Uh, he's kind of cooled off a little. But we, you know, we get to 10, and it's a par five. And we have that drive that sprayed right. My drive was sprayed right. And then somebody was in the middle of the fairway, but there was a tree blocking it. It couldn't really go at the green. It was, like, 240 or something like that. And... We go over to mine, Tommy and I are looking at it, and we're like, I think we can play this. And I was like, no, I, I know I can play this. I, I don't think I've ever been over here, but I know I can play this. And I was sitting there, and Tommy went to go talk to you guys, and I like I could see the shot in my head. I was like, okay, like this is the shot that I have to hit here. Mm. It's 210 to the stick. It's a five iron all day. There's not much wind. And just do it. Andy – you guys pick up Andy comes over lays up in that layup area and then it it really freed me up and I was like okay it's time to hit the golf shot just commit to it and go do it and I put it to what like five feet yeah and it was like okay like that at that point I was like all right we're going to win this now like this is the year that we do it 
And I mean, you know, the rest of it is, you know, we had a bogey on a par three. We, I mean, we left some shots out there, but I think that was the. Even even on 10, if I remember right, like we had five feet and we had four looks plus a mulligan look at an Eagle. And, and we, we ended up making birdie. Like we left one, we left one right there. We, I think we were five. No, we, we, so someone's mulligan got it. Oh, okay. 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 Someone, I think Andy's mulligan got it. Okay. Um, I couldn't remember. So yeah, we were like, I mean, we were like, we burned five then. Yeah. We burned like two mulligans on it. Okay. Like mine being one of them. And then I think Andy made the putt. We, I, I'm fairly certain we eagled it. Uh, okay. I mean, that was just like a, a snappy, a sneaky, snappy putt too. It was super, it was, I don't know. No, it was kind of frustrating, but, um, yeah, I mean, that just kind of kick-started us, and then uh, I think we par the next hole, and then oh, there's birdie, 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 birdie. Or birdies, yeah. Yeah. The only we hole birdied... that we really struggled with was the the long downhill par three. Yeah, uh, 17. 17 was the only one that was like nobody was even close to the green. Yeah. Okay, so speaking of that's – okay, when you say 17, so let's segue into 18 where <laughs> – um, Cody hits one of the most ridiculous, incredible drives I've ever seen. Now, 18 at Cherokee Hills is this 90 degree dog leg. Um, as the crow flies, what three, three fifteen, three twenty? Yeah, that's. I would say that's probably it. Dog leg. It's like three. Yeah, three seventy five, something like that. So we get so it was either Tommy or Andy goes first, puts one right down in the middle of the fairway. Like if you're going to play it the way it's designed, they 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 hit one down there. So we've got a safe one with an uphill, you know, wedge or a nine iron into the green. So once we've got that, Cody turns and just to to like create this mental picture for you, like sixty yards in front of the tee. If you're gonna if you're looking at the green, which is you know not only do you have the dog leg to contend with, but 60 yards in front of the tee is a stand of pine trees and they're not young pine trees. Um, not to mention the fact that you've got the road, the street on the and it's a drive that I don't know. <laughs> but clears the trees, takes out the dog leg and lands in the face of the bunker in front of the green and rolls back another two feet. And I'm not, this is not hyperbole two more feet and this ball possibly kicks up onto the green and maybe even goes in. It was dead on line with the stick. Uh, one of the most incredible drives shots of any kind uh, I've ever seen. It was really, really something. And what's crazy is that we did that two or three times that day. Yeah. And, and like that one, it was like, those trees are at least 40 feet tall at least at least 40 feet tall and you got to get it up in a matter of 30 yards yeah and my driver's set to six and a half so it's like that should not be able to happen yeah your launch angle and, i would love to see on a track man yeah I, I and it was i mean arguably i would say that one and then the drive that i hit on two the uphill par five uh, yeah, uh, yeah. was, I mean, I went driver 50 degree into a par five right yeah. there. And that's like, okay. And it's not like a slouch par five. Like that's a, that is a long hole. No, it's got, um, yeah. I mean, it's, 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 um, it's, it's gradually not like steep. Like um, what hole is it? They go straight up the hill. 14. Uh, yeah. It's not steep uphill like that, but it's just a gradual uphill and it doesn't level out until right in front of the green, and there's OB left, um, yeah. and and your ball flight right now is right to left, um, but that one, I don't know what the yardage on that hole was, but like you said, you hit driver fifty degree wedge. Your drive was probably three thirty, three forty, um, and then wedged in, and I think I'm almost certain we birdied. And I know we birdied that hole too because we we birdied it because we had an eagle look. Yeah, and we yeah. all four of us missed missed the eagle but tap in for birdie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, like driver was on that day. 
which is great that you know that makes life a lot more fun and interesting yep. when your driver's popping um you and tommy both drove um six or seven uh it is hold on one second let me think um that is one two three four on five where you have to get over that wall of trees yeah i my ball was on the other tee box because i hit it too far right um and then up and down for a birdie there that was pretty easy and then the next hole i'm still upset at the at six because i hit that drive straight as an arrow and i mean the ball was just melted and we couldn't find it yeah i I still don't understand like where did that ball go i mean it just maybe never came down from orbit i don't know i don't know um but yeah i mean i think you think it's uh, possible that the group in front like maybe i mean we couldn't see them, but is it what? Well, but then again, we didn't really run into people all day long. Either. No, you know, I don't know. Uh, I mean, it's just frustrating that I hit a ball down the middle that's in the fairway and we didn't find right. it. Right. I, I um, that to me is like one of the by far the most things that can happen that can really like throw off my rhythm for an entire round is to hit a ball that. Like it's a blind tee shot, but I hit it and I'm like, okay, I know that's in the fairway and you drive up there and it's nowhere to be found. Yeah. It's so frustrating. Um, but yeah, then I guess, uh, we birdie that. That's a par five next hole. Um, is like that downhill par four into the, the pond in front, the pond in front. And we threw a dart there. Yep. Um, kick in birdie and then, uh par three to end par three to end which last year you chipped in on for birdie yeah from this year we were safely on the green and i kicked in the birdie putt and that was the day i think what did we end up shooting was it 57 yeah 57 i think which is next best was 60 (laughs) we were what 15 under (laughs) yeah it's one better than (laughs) and like you were talking about like okay you're talking about people like saying we were pencil whipping when the round was over um all three of you guys like had to get because you were going to football games. Uh, yeah. And so I stayed back and like was going to see how things played out and, you know, if we want any money, which we did. Um, and anyway, as I'm standing there and they're like doing the closest to the pin and longest drive and all that, um, when they, when they're posting the scores, like this, this guy next to me, like murmurs, like mumbles under his breath something about like yeah right or whatever when the 57 went up and i'm like i don't know what what it is of just me getting older but i've gotten like more like confrontational in my age and so i was like ready to go at this guy like ready to be like dude you're not gonna freaking accuse us of cheating like we legit shot 57 um, man I, i'm not gonna sound like like i don't anyway like, and I'm sure you've had this, these these moments too. Like we've been beaten by legit pencil whippers before, and so like I know what that feels like. And you know, you know when you like you when you walk into when you do a four man scramble or even a two man scramble. Those are the worst when you get some guys that come up there and they're like, "Yeah, we shot 54." I'm like, "You the hell did not." And, <laughs> and so you know, like I understand like people thinking that, but. Uh, to me, a 57 and a four-man scramble, that's not unreasonable. And and corrected, it was a 58. Okay. Um, okay. So it was a 58, but still. And, like, I have been I have been on legit scramble teams that have gone low. And by low, I mean, like, 53, 54 at Lincoln West. And it was oh. windy and cold. And, I mean, we it was, I think it was November of – two years ago i get a phone call from one of my buddies that works in oklahoma city and he was like please tell me you're off work on mondays and i was (laughs) like yeah and he said drive up here i'll pay your entry fee like we need a fourth and like i want you i had the worst range session of my life and then on the course i didn't miss a fairway and i didn't miss hit an iron all day and I, I, we legit shot, I kid you not, at like a 54, which is eight, 18 under. Yeah. And, I mean, people were like, yeah, whatever. And we were like, dude, like, 
it's a four man scramble. Like you've got four yeah. shots at everything. Like I, I feel like I feel like fifty four should be expected. Like you should birdie every hole. Yeah. 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 You should. And um, I, mean, I mean my experience is I have not been on some great four man scramble teams. And so like I'm used to where we shoot like sixty five, sixty four, you know, in a four man yeah. scramble. I mean in a two man that's not too bad. Coach Pear and I I think shot 62 in a two man at Clarksville. But even then we were like, ah, I bet we're not in the money. Yeah. I mean, we, uh, you know, 58 is good. Next year I expect 54. I'm going to be honest with you. Like, I, yeah. I mean, when you think about like, like you said, what we left out there uh, and it's and like, okay. We may have said this already. 58 is what we shot last year. Correct. Um. Because we got beat by fifty-seven. Yeah, that's right. Okay, that's right. I thought that's. I thought it was fifty-eight. Yeah, and you know what's funny? And we t- we said this last year after we got through with Optic Cup, we were like, "Man, I can't wait," you know, for Optic Cup to roll around again. And throughout the year this year, I would be like, oh, "I can't wait for Optic Cup," and then it just kind of snuck up on me, you know, like holy cow! Like September <laughs> rolled around, and it was like um, we were at Space Camp the week before. And the whole time at space camp, I'm like, holy crap, like next weekend is Optic Cup. Like I it was like we got home and it was the next weekend and I was I was just I was so ready for it. I think like and it's one of those tournaments that like we talk about like the matches where we go with our friends that mean absolutely nothing but mean everything. Yeah. And yeah. It, it's one of those things like we got beat by one last year and I had a chip on my shoulder, I kid you not, for an entire year over a golf tournament that meant absolutely nothing. Yeah. It's why like when I like just trying to get the, the Willard Cup off the ground, um, it's it's why I get so excited thinking about that because – like that's not going to mean anything to anybody other than us and the, and the, and the, the people who play in it. Um, but man, like I just, I love team golf, you know, uh, man. And uh, I, it's, it's funny cause the, the talk was, oh, okay, we'll do Willard cup in the fall. And that just doesn't work. I mean, it's really hard. I think in anybody's schedule to get things to work in the fall, but you know, we originally were going to do it spring of last year. And we, we couldn't make it work, kind of put it off. But I think we might actually be able to to maybe hopefully find a, a weekend um, a weekend where it'll work and, and do it. You know, we were going to do it like on a par three course. But I think like go full on legit and just do um, just do like a bunch of like four ball matches and then maybe um, – mix it up with a, a, a few singles matches and just, just have a day, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think that's the way that we should do it. And yeah, no, I, I think that would be so awesome because four ball is so much freaking fun. And like this past weekend, whenever I played on Monday, I, I say weekend, my weekends are Saturday through Monday. Mm-hmm. Um, on Monday uh, we played 18 and then Tommy was like, I still have a little bit of time left. And I was like, hey, me too. Let's get another nine in. But instead of playing like a traditional nine, let's set leader in the clubhouse is at minus one. We got to get to minus two to win. Let's oh, play four ball. Cool. And we, I mean, we did it kind of like what we did, Carrie. We're like, this is the Zurich or whatever. And we're oh, trying yeah. to, you yeah. know, we're trying to win the team event. And like out of the gate, we birdie out of the gate. We birdie, birdie, and then our best score on the next hole, par five, I think was par. Next hole, we tripled. And oh. it was like, oh, and we were even and then just butts puckered. And what hole did you triple? Four, I think. Okay. Um, yeah, it was not ideal. I think we went, we went birdie, birdie, par triple so we were at one over and then there's something going on at hole five at broken arrow and i don't know what it is <laughs> but i blister a three iron out to the fairway and then my ball went op on the tee boxes on six oh. and i was like how like i did it i did it in earlier in the round two and i i don't know there's something going on i don't know what it is there's like a geographical oddity over there or something 
Now, speaking of three iron, I, I got to say this before we wrap up our 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 broken arrow recap. But um, I I can't remember which hole it was on. Maybe twelve. Um, like I just absolutely destroy my driver and hit it. What would we say? Two eighty three. We get down there. Cody's five yards past me with his three iron. There's a little butter cut off those trees. Uh, I mean, just <laughs> absolute like this this laser ball flight. Um, man, your your ball flight is really like it's it's funny because I feel like you and I have like flip flopped completely as in terms of ball flight and um, uh, and uh, the way the ball works now. Like the whole last year, I mean, you go back to Mystic Creek. Like you were left to right, I was right to left. Your ball flight was a little bit higher, mine was lower, and it's exactly the opposite now. Yeah, I don't. I, I think I'm just getting a little bit steeper, and it's like it's de lofting everything. Uh, maybe and everything like your, your is angle just... attack. Yeah, your angle of attack may be lower, uh, yeah. lower than it was. But I mean, it's. I mean, my goodness, it, it's it's. Uh, it's really something. Uh, it's it's a lot of fun right now. Golf is a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you that. <laughs> um, w- one last thing I'll add about Broken Arrow is uh, this is a course that is built into um, a- an apartment community, which, you know, if you live in any city in the Midwestern United States, you know what I'm talking about. Like they all have names like the Links or the Greens, you know, something like that. And a lot of times these courses, in my opinion anyway, are very unimaginative and very vanilla and they're not, you know, it's just, you can tell the golf course was an afterthought. It was like, we're going to build the apartment complex and then the golf course will be a draw for that. We don't really care about the aesthetics or the design of the course. Broken arrow is not that way at all. It's a really fun and challenging course. The greens are subtle. Um, There's a lot of trouble out there, but, And to my recollection, and you play it more than I do, so you correct me if I'm wrong. The only hole where you don't have a place to bail out is 12, the one that's really tight and narrow. But even then, a person could, if they can hit a five or six iron straight, they don't have to try to bully that hole. They can put one down there and then um, try to run it up on the green or even play short and just make it a three-shot hole. Now, I will say 12 – so four is handicapped the hardest hole in the course. Okay. In my in my opinion, it is not the hardest hole in the course. It's just because it's not even that long of a par four. It's like I go right, doesn't it? Yeah, it's got OB right and then water all left and then like a creek that runs all left and in front of the green. Okay, um, right. right. <clears throat> and – Personally, like I hit like a seven iron and then I hit like a pitching wedge or a wedge into the green. It's it's not that hard of a hole for me. Um, I say that, but it t- I mean it kicks my teeth in sometimes. That uh, hole is the number one handicap hole. That is the number one handicap for us. I don't I don't understand that. Sixteen at all. sixteen is a longer par four with OB all right and water all left. And it is, I think, like the fourth handicap. And in my opinion, I think it is quite literally the hardest hole in the course because yeah. you, it, it, you have to hit a long club there. Um, if not, it's a guaranteed three-shot hole. Um, it's, I mean, the green slopes back to front. So if it's like a front pin, you're toast um, if you go deep. And if it's a back pin, you're toast because you have to pace a putt to a three-foot circle in the back. I mean, it's right. just tough. Um yeah, I don't know. Uh, Twelve. So, to to play devil's advocate here, you can bail out on twelve. You bail out on the par three, and you bail out on the tee box, the short tee boxes for eleven. And if you get to the short tee boxes on eleven, it's just a pitching wedge in or a nine iron over the top of those trees. Done it hundreds of times. Um, if you're on the uh, if you're on the par three, you just play up the par three, get to pin high and chip over. Like it's it's not like it's not that bad of a bailout yeah. really. I would, but it is par three on 12, on twelve. On twelve, okay. the the par three, the thirteen that 
the part three that comes back with the apartments on the right hand side. Okay. Okay. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. I was thinking. I don't know why. I was thinking of the one that with the road on the right. Mm-mm, that's fifteen. Fifteen. Okay. That to me is a really tough part three because you've got OB right, and if you go left, which I did twice, if you miss slightly left, that ball's going to kick off that hill down into. There wasn't much water in that pond, but it doesn't make the ball any more findable than it would be if there was water in the pond. Yeah, that's true. That's, um, that's a that's a great green complex on on that hole just because of it's it looks like a really straightforward innocuous hole and um but you've got to hit it straight i mean you've got to put the ball on the green because there's no there's not really anywhere to to bail out yeah there's there's zero like short is the only safe place there even like i got lucky whenever i went long i think the first time we went through and nipped that wedge off the dirt and doinked it off the stick i think that was um like the first time I've ever been long and not penalized on that hole. Speaking of you, if I, if I remember right, if my counting was correct, you hit the stick four times on Saturday. I hit it a couple times. I, and like, I don't have the scores to show it. That's you know? what I, mean, I, I don't like, know how, I don't know how any of those didn't like drop into the hole. The one that I was most surprised that didn't was the one on 15, actually. Yeah, um, yeah. Because it hit, like, it bounced, hit the stick, and then set, what, five inches from the, yeah. the jar? I mean, it's like, how does that not just go in? And to put that in perspective for people, like, you're you're behind the hole. There's all these mounds between you and the green, so you can't see. Could you see the flag? Yeah, I could see the top half of it. Okay, but you can't see the green. And so the green it's running away from you. It runs back to front. And so, um, you know, if you're short, you're going to be left with this stupid fast downhill putt. Uh, if you're too long, it's going to be a, a putt that you're, you know, you're going to struggle with, okay, how hard do I hit this? And then if I run it too far, then I've now I've got a downhill putt coming back for bogey. And um, that was just, that was a an incredible shot just because of, the fact that, you know, you can't see where you want to land the ball. You can only see part of the, of the flag uh, and you hit the stick and it drops straight down. Like you said, I, you know, I have no idea how that ball stays out of the hole because it, it just stuck right there five inches away. And then 17, I hit that three wood to the fringe. And I mean, miss an eagle by like seven inches yeah. ball stopped like five yeah. rolls past the cup maybe three rolls past the cup i mean i'm hitting the ball well right now but my scores are still just low 80s and Not i like nothing i i and i don't get it like have you know have, watching you play and like you just said it seems like if a person was just following you around on the course and watched you play the first three holes you'd be like Okay, when this guy turns his card in, it'll be it'll be seventy four seventy five, and then you come in and 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 it's not that, and that's what does it. I, that's what I can't figure out. Like, and I played with you twice around and four more on Saturday, and I can't I can't figure out where where the strokes are going. And now I mean, now you had a, I think you and I both had a, a triple. In fact, I may have had a I may have had an eight at one point on Sunday. Our Saturday, um, but I mean the way you're striking the ball and the way you're putting, because I mean let's face it, you're the one that like turned my putting around on Saturday. It just, yeah, I I don't understand. I feel which you know, here's one of those things that happened since last time we had a podcast that you broke eighty for the first time over the summer on a course you'd never seen before. So I feel like you're right there on the cusp of of breaking 80 all the time you know i I just i can't uh, i think i just need to i need to get to the course for and not play i think it's a practice thing and i'm talking about practice man i'm talking about playing i'm talking about practice yeah Uh, well that's i just need i just need to practice more i think i don't don't know you that because i i was i i was going through all my favorite golf podcasts again today because it's been a while since even i've listened to some of them and I went back and was listening to one uh, recently from No Laying Up where uh, they brought in um, uh, the, la- the, the ladies from 54 uh, Golf, which they do like mental coaching. Pia Nielsen is one. And I can't remember the other lady's name, but 
they were doing like a real time like mental session uh with neil and and that was one of the things that they you know, if you really want to, to commit to improving, because he was like, I really want to improve. I really want to do what I need, I need to do to improve. And they said, okay, first of all, you got to understand that people say they want to practice. And then when it actually comes down to putting in the practice, it's, it's, it's a different story. Um, and I think that's that way with, with all of us, you know, like, like what does real practice look like and how do you, how do you structure a practice session and, what do you work on? I don't know about you, but like for me, it's like I need to chip and putt every day. I don't have I have a I have a place I can chip, but I can't really practice putting. But I need to chip and putt every single day. And it's the thing of sitting there, not sitting down, but making time to do that for an hour or more, you know. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's what sets scratch and professionals apart from you know, everyday golfers. I think so. What, and this is, I mean, no free ads if they want to sponsor us, like, so be it. But <laughs> there is a place at like 61st and Sheridan um, called Tour Quality Golf. And they have really? indoor simulators that are like TrackMan, like legit simulators. Really? Um, not like the, yeah, not that middle of the mall stuff. Um, so they got like legit stuff and they have like putting greens too. And I think it's like, I don't know, it might be roughly the same as like top golf for an hour. But I think if like, if I could do that, like once or twice a week. Yeah. yeah. And I, I have the putting green in the living room. And, I, and not to sound arrogant or cocky or anything, but my putting stroke is what it is. And my putter is not costing me strokes. So it's, that's no, not, not no. Your putt <laughs> not like you. There are putts that you hit that because I don't know what this is like, but there are putts that you hit that as soon as they leave the face, like you know and I know they're going in. And I'm not talking about like three footers. I'm talking about like 15, 20 footers that have got break. <laughs> like you and I were having the conversation when we first started Saturday. I said man, I hate right-to-left putts because you had just canned one and you said, oh, and I love right-to-left putts. Yeah, like, I, I know I can swing a putt out right. And, like, the thing is, like, if you watch me roll a putt, like, I use the alignment on the ball. And uh -huh. typically, like, I'll roll the alignment under, like, I'll have my line, like, on the ball, like, where I want to start it. And then I'll turn the line to where I can't see it when I'm standing over it because if I do, I'll double-cross myself uh -huh. or, I'll like, I'll think too much about it. And then I just hit the ball on the line. And, like, if you watch that line on my putts, end over end every time. And it's, like, it, it's not going to change because I'm not changing anything because I right. know what I'm doing. Like, I, I know that if I go out <clears throat> to Broken Arrow and I roll a putt on the, like, on the practice green, the practice green rolls almost the exact same as everything out there, almost. Some, sometimes a little different. But, you, but can't, like if, you can't say that about most courses. You, you really can't. Um, but one, like if I get to one and I know that it's rolling the same as the practice screen, I know everything else is going to roll the exact same. Yeah. So I know like how far I need to take it back. Like I know like what percentage I need to hit and have my speed. Okay. Yeah. And it's like, you didn't see me on Saturday roll a putt that was six feet past the cup. Right. Everything was, everything was within a foot. So right. it was either a foot short or a foot long. It was never more than that. Not, and you, like, I don't think you – you didn't have any three putts, did you? No. No, I didn't think so. No. Um, and, I'll, so like, I'll, and I'll say this too, like um, just to give people like an understanding of like how important the putting is and then like how important it is to – like if you're struggling – get with someone who is a good putter like because when we got together saturday like i've been telling cody for you know several weeks like my putting sucks like i have no idea where the is going to go like when, when i'm when i'm putting which is super frustrating and it, it gives you no confidence getting on the green it's like you can get to a green in regulation but then i'm like what difference does it make because i'm not gonna i'm not gonna be able to find the hole when i putt and um and not that this is a new or novel invention, but Cody brings his putting mirror, which I used to have one. I don't know what I did with it, but brings his putting mirror 
lines me up and then gets me to stand with my eyes over the ball. And listen, I, I'll just say this. I don't think people realize how close you have to stand to get your eyes over the ball. Um, and for someone like me who had been standing way away from everything and either coming across the ball and hooking putts or swiping it and pushing to the outside every time, like it literally felt like it's like if it was a batter's box, I was standing on top of the plate. Um, but it freed me up. Like what Cody got me to understand was it freed me up once my eyes were right and my stance was right. It freed me up to let the putter swing in an arc for me anyway, because my putter is a, is a toe balance or what, what is it? Is it, is it toe balance? It's, it's a toe balance. It's a toe balance. It's going to have a little bit of an arc to it. Yeah. So it's, I mean, pretty much a blade putter. It's an old Odyssey dual Force 770, uh, And it's got to swing in an arc. And I fought that for forever trying to go back and forth, you know, just straight through straight back. And Cody's like, no, it's got an arc. And then that session on the practice green Saturday changed everything. And it, it even, it even went as far as to like made me so confident that I could get back into a pre putt routine where I'm marking the ball, I'm lining it up. And once I get the mark on my putter lined up with the, the line on the ball, all I had to do is get my eyes set and, and hit it. That's it. I mean, it was so mentally free. I put it out of my mind. Um, I didn't, you really did. Like, like you rolled, you man, rolled the rock, rolled end over end, and um, like the only place I struggled was short putts because in my mind, on like two and three footers, I'm like, okay, do I set up and go through this, or I just walk up and knock it in? And I figured by the end of the day, I was like, okay, you got to keep going through the routine, you know, mark it, line it up, hit it. Um, but man, what a difference! What a difference that made. Like if you're listen, if you're in the Tulsa area. I would recommend like go play golf with Cody. And if you struggle with putting, let him fix you up because I don't, I don't know what it is, but like you just have an eye um, for what's going on in a putting stroke. It's the, like, it's the only thing that I'm confident in fixing because I think it might be the only thing and it'll never be perfect. So I'm not going to claim that it's perfect and I'm not going to claim that I'm the best putter ever because I could go out and have 26 putts, which I've done quite a few times. I can also go out and have 34 putts, which right. I've done all, a lot. Right? And that's but what's crazy like, is like okay, – go ahead. I'm sorry. The, like the, the thing is is that the day that I have 34 putts and the day that I have 26 putts, it's literally nothing that I'm doing different in my putting stroke. And really what it boils down to is I'm not hitting the lines that I should hit, and I'm, I'm just not hitting the lines that I should hit. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, that's a good way to – because the temptation when you – with a lot of putts is to try to go fix something. And in fact, it could, it could be something as simple as, like you said, not lining it up or proximity to the hole, you know, um, the raw numbers don't tell the whole story. And it, it, here's, and here's what I mean by that too. I had 34 putts in the round that I posted on Saturday. I shot 83. I had 34 putts and that sounds like a lot, but before you fixed me up, I was hitting 41 and 42 putts around like half of my shots were putts because I literally, I couldn't line them up. I didn't know where they were going. I just, I couldn't get speed right. But that one little thing of like fixing the setup and getting me set over the ball, right? Like changed everything. And like, if you want to, if you want to do it and I mean, you don't want to come to Tulsa and pay me a thousand dollars like Carrie did to to fix it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, if you if you if you want to fix it, it's super easy. If you don't have a mirror, you can stand like you would stand over a putt. Just put your putter up against your leg. Get like get in position. Put your putter against your leg. Hold a ball at your eyes and drop it down on the ground. Where it I lands know. is where your eye should be. Put the ball there. Mark it with like a coin off to the side or something, and practice. Like, it's not like, it's not like anybody can do it. Anybody can fix it. And it's one of those things that like, once you feel it and kind of have that feel like when I was, I don't know, whenever I was trying to figure out like putting and everything, I rolled so many putts and tried to figure out like, okay, where do I, like, where is the, the sweet spot at? Like, where... <laughs> Is the sweet spot of like my eyes, my shoulders, my hands, like my arc, 
you know, everything. You have, like, swing thoughts for your putter, just like you do, like, a regular club. Um, but as soon as I got where my eyes need to be down, I mean, the rest was just – it was all gas, no brakes after that. And it was, yeah. like – I mean – swingers like swingers like right to left or like sliders left to right uphill downhill i do not care there's not a putt that doesn't fit my eye now and it's it's so nice because i know that i'm going to roll the ball end over end and if i just misread it it's because i misread it it's not because i miss like mishit the ball yeah so it's you know at that point it just boils down to like how good are you at reading the grains of the green and I mean, I mean that broken arrow. There's not ever a hole that I feel like I'm out of because of my putter. Right, right. That and that's a that's a great feeling to have. Like when you when you get on the green, thinking to yourself, "I'm going to get out of here in no more than two more shots," you know. Yeah. Uh, and you made a couple of bombs like the the second time around where it was like you know, you, you start putting all the pieces together and putting yourself in position and all of a sudden, and like I said, I said this before with you, like, I feel like once you like start to crack 80 on a regular basis, it's going to be a deal where, um, like you'll go extended stretches where you won't shoot more than 80 or 81. Like your handicap will all of a sudden start to, to, to drop precipitously in a, in a short, a short amount of time. I hope that's so. Hopefully, I don't you know, how you're nine. like that's the thing I had to play. We, you and I play together a lot. I don't understand how you're nine. Like it just <laughs> doesn't make sense. Um, it does not uh, it's, it's a frustrating sport. I hate it. I love it. I can't wait to play tomorrow. Uh, you know, I don't, it's, I don't know, man. Uh, the, of course, I'm learning more about the handicap system the last few years since COVID and since I started keeping up with mine again. But, um, you know, same same deal with me. Like my, I feel like my swing is more sound now than it's ever been, and I'm hitting the ball better than I've ever hit it. But my handicap is was a year ago, um, and even then, I have a feeling it's going to go way up once January rolls around because it's soft capped right now. So I can't over 5.4 because of the soft cap. So I have a feeling once that, once that time restriction goes away, that it's going to, it's, it's going to go up pretty quickly unless I start to, you know, start posting, you know, scores around par. That's, I just, I don't understand. I don't, it's, you know, anyway, same deal, but like yours for sure. Like I don't understand, I don't understand, uh, I, I, I don't understand. Well, I, when I looked at, when I posted mine, the course rating, and I don't understand this either, but the course rating for broken arrow from the tees we played is like a 69.6. Like, I don't get that. I feel like it should be, I feel like it should be higher than that. Um, you would think just because of like how much trouble and everything is around. Right. I mean, it's like, right. You know, there's there's what only two holes where there's not water. So right. I mean, it's like yeah. And yeah. you know, you can. I mean, a person could say, "Well, there's a lot of short par fours out there." Well, there's a lot of short par fours at Mid Pines too. But the the course rating at Mid Pines was like a a seventy one point one, and I don't know if that was because of the, the 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 Donna Ross greens or what the case was. There wasn't a lot of water at mid pines and it wasn't like you were going to lose a lot of golf balls. Um, maybe it was just because of the, the, the pedigree of the course. I don't know, but that might have something to do with it. But like, I, I, I'm not comparing broken arrow to, to mid pines, but I, I still don't understand how the, the course rating at a place like broken arrow is, is, is less than 70. Now I get it. Why it's le- it's like a place like Wilberton. I get it. Why it's like 66 and a half or whatever it is. You know, and you've got to, you can shoot, you can shoot 75 every day at Wilberton and be a 10 handicap, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but I understand that. And even at Poto, I think, I think at Choctaw, the course rating is 68. Uh, and I get that too, because it's nine holes and it's not super long. I, I get that. I, I don't, to me, the only reason that I could see them 
why it would be that way at Broken Arrow would be because of the, the short par fours. But every one of those short par fours has teeth, you know? The oh, yeah. thing messes with depth perception. I mean, how many holes did I, did I, we get through play, finished playing or we get into the fairway? And I would say to you, holy cow, that is not where I thought it was because from what, from the tee, that looks, that creek looks like it cuts across the fairway at 100 yards down there. Um, yeah. Stuff like that. I mean, it, the, the, the way it's designed and set up really does like mess with your depth perception and where you think things are. But to me, like I said, I think that's part of, and, you know, a course that maybe doesn't get very much recognition in a, in a, a city like around Tulsa, places like, you know, Southern Hills and, and um, so many others. Uh, it's, it's a good course. You know, it's a good course. It's, 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 it's home. And it's, I mean, the price per month is just incredible yeah it's a mile and a half two miles away from the house i mean it's i mean you can't beat it for the price and the location um you know i mean i'm not don't get me wrong i'm not saying it's a i'm not saying we put it up there with you know a perry max no 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 but it's i i think it it deserves a little more recognition than what the course rating would lead you to believe you know that's that's fair uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of people that don't like it zach Poole hates it he can't stand that course probably because he lost a thousand golf balls there but <laughs> i mean like the, where you were like oh my god this angle is incredible like i get what the architect was trying to do zach says i hate this angle it does not fit my eye which i also understand yeah you know i mean it's like you know i i get both sides of it yeah right? like, i'm glad i want to that was a thing that stood out to me. And I think I said it a dozen times th- that day. I was like, man, the angles out here are really cool. Like you've got to, you've got to be in a certain place uh, in order to have a go at the green. Like the one we were talking about earlier, was it, was it four, the, the short par four with OB right and the Creek all down the side. And then it, cut- it's not as, it's not as short as you think. I think it's like three thirty-five, three forty, something like that. So it's not like, egregiously short i don't no, think but you can't but there's with your with like if you're gonna lay up off the tee what i mean you have to but you yeah. can't lazy with your shot off the tee like you've got to put some thought into what club do i pick and where am i going to hit this because if you're on the right you've got almost no chance to go with the green unless you punch it and you can't hold the green if you do that and like you gotta, that you got to get that. up high <laughs> enough to clear the creek so you've got to be somewhere on the left but you can't be too far left because then you're going to be on the side of a mound, which makes that second shot stupid tough, you know? The... You, you basically have a flat spot of the fairway that's about 20 yards wide and 20 yards deep. My, I think my favorite shot of the day that we played was when I was almost OB right. Uh-huh. And I hit that eight iron from like 162 that the I mean trajectory porn yeah. ball went underneath yeah. that tree by like three feet, climbed to about thirty feet and dropped just short of a front pin. Yeah. I mean like it doesn't get any better than it's, that. It was such a good shot. Like that you describing it does not do it justice because it could so it could just as easily have like clanked off a tree limb and gone thirty yards behind you. Um it was it was such a good shot and 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 like we were saying also like you miss being out of bounds by what two feet something like that enough to get a club on it it was it was a great example of you know how near disaster turned into you know a par a hole and the scorecard doesn't reflect that because you can't draw pictures on scorecards but it was really really it was like it was such a well played hole. Uh, especially after the position you were in tee shot. Um, yeah. Man. Just to, we squeezed, you know, we squeezed every, every bit of daylight we could um, out of that day. And this is the time of year, which you know a lot of listeners would probably agree with this, like shorter days, they suck, but this is, this is, this is one of that. I, I always tell my kids, like we get, we get like 
four weeks a year like this in Oklahoma where the weather is spectacular and the light is spectacular. And it's usually October and April, you know, six months apart. Um, and you know, we're in one of those periods right now. And it's sadly the, um, the days just get so much shorter every day. It's like we lose two or three minutes of daylight a day. Um, but man, that day was just really something it was, it was, was just, so much fun and it was everything that fall golf um everything that fall golf should be i mean you know it was uh, listen i like sweater golf but i'm not going to complain either when it was like it was that day where it was you know pushing 90 degrees and um just you know we're talking about hey do you have sunscreen <laughs> yeah <laughs> On, no joke over day it was just it was just a, <laughs> a, a man just a ton of fun uh so much fun man that's a uh you know, I, I love fall golf, but that day was, and I'm not saying like course or anything like that. I'm just saying like day in general was on par with December 28th of last year when oh. we played Mystic. I mean, oh. it was just like, holy smokes, like this is the perfect day to play. Yeah. Well, it was, it was a day like last year that kind of like lit the fire in me for like travel golf and doing a podcast. And cause it, it's for me, it started me and Deacon went to, to over fall break and we went to Roman nose and boiling Springs. And we hit two little nine hole courses while we were out there as well. We played Blackwell. I mean, not black Blackwell's the way home. That's a nine hole Perry Mac. We played um, Woodward municipal, which was a really fun little nine hole city course. Um, but then that turned into a week later, we went to uh, big Cedar and walked mountaintop. And a couple of weeks after that, where did we go? I went to broken bow. And then, uh, we go with you to mystic Creek and then, uh, January I'm walking nine holes while Hayden's at a softball practice. And I'm walking nine holes at, uh, James E. Stewart in Oklahoma city. Uh, and then February Deacon and I go to, to pine needles and it's just, um, man, I, I, you would agree with this and most people would too. Like if you're not, if you're not playing golf, you know, for a living, it's the experience that you go and you play for, you know, it's the, it's the, it's the things that every time you play that you, that you take from that. And it's what makes you like, you can't wait to get back out there the next time. Like I was telling my friend, Tim, in South Carolina, who we met at Pine Needles uh, yesterday, I was like, man, I am having serious Pine Needles withdrawals right now because that was just such a spiritual, magical trip. Um, and I've been fortunate enough, like with uh, Boiling Springs, uh, to get back out there again since October. Um, when we, when Hayden and I went to Denver, um, Jeff hooked me up out there and was able to go play while we had a, a time to kill on the way to Denver. So, um, and it's like I told you, you know, yesterday, I was like, man, when, after you guys get married, like we, we got to go to Pinehurst because there's just nothing like that area. And it's just, it's just such an incredible experience. And, and it just, it just makes you want more, you know, of those types of, those types of golf experiences. And so, um, things like last Saturday are little, little snippets of that, you know, you're not, we're not leaving the state or anything, but you're, you're squeezing in two or more rounds into a day and you know you're you're playing so long that the the there's no doing stuff such good stuff man and like it, it is so like just so much fun you know yeah. i mean it's like there are so many things that we could do like in this world like there's so many things like we could have so many different hobbies uh-huh. But having golf as a hobby, and I mean, obviously, it's still a hobby. Shout out to Kevin Kisner. Um, <laughs> it, it is still a hobby. It is. Uh, there's nothing like it, and I mean, yeah. you can't really put into words like how great of a game it is that we're passionate about. Yeah. Well, and and the thing because this is lost on me. Um, one of the best things about a day full of golf. If it's me and Deacon or whatever, is going to eat right after that, and you talk about 
you just relive the whole day, you know, everything. Uh, and, and we went to Cody introduced me to a place in broken arrow called Kava, which is Mediterranean. And it, it was so I, I came home like, uh, I, I, um, slicing up, uh, flour tortillas, trying to make pita chips to match, um, the ones that we had, uh, at Kava. Like that's, that's how much that influenced me, um, eating there. Um, <laughs> you know, boiling Springs this summer, I played by myself, but afterward Hayden and I went and ate, um, at a steakhouse in Woodward and she doesn't care, but I'm talking about my round with her, um, at the day that this is, this is one of reminds me of last Saturday at the broken arrow, the, the middle day we were at pine needles. We, we played, we walked pine needles in the morning, walked 18, met Tim. Uh, he was in our group it was me, Tim and Deacon. And then in the afternoon he goes, you want to keep going? I was like, absolutely. We go across the street. We play 18 more. We chase daylight. He takes that incredible picture of the moon coming up over the lodge while me and Deacon are hitting on the 18th fairway. Uh, and then afterward, he's like, you want to go eat? I'm like, absolutely. And we go and we, we share dinner with him and like, you relive all that. And, and it's just, yeah, to me, that is like the perfect end um, to a day of golf is when you're able to like kind of keep the camaraderie going a little bit longer and, and go eat somewhere and just relive the whole day again. You know, I wish, I wish I would have gotten to eat at Mystic Creek with you and Deacon. If it, well, that's, that's the thing. Like if we had been staying down there, we would have, you know, but yeah, God, that was a, that was a four hour drive. You know, when you, at the end of a long day like that, when you got to go home, it's like you want to go eat together, but at the same time, you're like, I want to get back I, on the road. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I drove, from there to Tulsa that like I drove from Little Rock to El Dorado, El Dorado to Tulsa oh, that's after so- a round of golf. I mean, it was like, Oh, you, you easily spent more time in the car that than you did on the golf oh, course. Oh, 100%. I think I spent yeah. like nine hours in the car that day. Worth it. Wor- it's- worth every second of it. It's funny. And, and, and we can end on this. Um, we were talking about going back to Mystic Creek this winter. Um, there's a good news, bad news to this. The, uh, the long range forecast for the winter came out today from the, from, from NOAA and the national weather service. And it says that the winter in the South will be mild and dry. And I'm like, bring it the freak on. Like, let's go back to, <laughs> let's go back to mystic, get another 80 degree day in December when the Bermuda is actually waking up in December. It's so warm. Um, uh. at the same time, I'm like, you know, God, we need rain really bad. Like I debated whether or not to start a fire out here tonight because I was kind of worried about uh, the grass and everything. But you know, I I hope we get a chance to go back to Mystic or out to out to Boiling Springs even because that's a place, man. Man, you've got to see you've got to see Boiling Springs. It's it's just um, it, it's 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 something. It's just such a cool place, and Jeff's a cool guy. And and we got to go. We got to go. Uh, we got to go see David too and play Indian Springs. Man, you're not kidding. We need to get that one going quick. He just yeah. put the the turf colorant on the greens. I saw and that. Holy moly, is that place popping right now? Yeah, they just totally redid their greens, converted from bent to champion Bermuda. Dude, that and champion Bermuda took so stinking it, well. It did, and I I would imagine he's going to cover it on the cold nights, which means, you know that that air underneath there is going to circulate and it's going to keep that even greener. And, uh, yeah, we need to go see David because, um, uh, that, that's a place I mean, there's 36 holes out there. You know, I, I want to play every one. I want to play. Yeah. I was about to say, I want to go <laughs> out there one day and just play both courses and just, just to say I did it. Yeah. Yeah. So well, golf soup Jones, if you're listening, that's right. That's right. We love you. Invite us. We know you, we know you listen. So, <laughs> Oh man. Okay. Well, I, any, anything else to wrap up our, uh, uh, I guess you could say our season premiere of, um, no, I, I think the, uh, the outro music today should be back in the saddle by Aerosmith. All right. We can do that. I will, I right. will straight up do that. We can for sure, <laughs> for sure do that. Oh, oh man. Feels good uh, to be back. It is good to be back. Do you, just by, just out of curiosity, do you have a master's countdown? Oh my God! I didn't even think to look. Hold on. Well, while you while you look, uh, I will say that. Um, uh, shout out if he listens. Um, 
super kind, extended an invitation to us to stay with him in Savannah while, um, while we go to the Anwa in April, which that's something else that happened over the summer. I, we haven't talked about, uh, Deacon and I, uh, I, uh not Deacon and I, but I were the two going, I got through in the Anwa lottery. So it's not the masters, but I'm think I'm more excited because I know the crowds are going to be smaller. Uh, we can squeeze in some golf while we're there and, Tim's offered freed up a ton of money in this trip. So now I think we'll actually be able to fly uh, into Savannah, drive up to Augusta, uh, and then come back, play some golf, and then fly home in the course of three days. So I'm I'm super pumped. And that's that's the weekend of, of weekend of um of my birthday in April, so I'm really excited. Man, is that line effect there? That's a lot. Well, I'm outside and Yeah, Linus is the goat. <laughs> All right, so he's, he's the uh, man. So uh, to close us out, how many days until the the twenty twenty three Masters? We are one hundred and sixty five days away from coverage. That's that's not as bad as I thought it would be. No, the last time we did it, it was like three hundred. It was. It really was. Um, At that point, I just wanted to listen to. Uh, what is it? REM. Everybody hurts just on repeat for, for like days. It was just like, I was so hungover. For the oh. Well guys, in the meantime, uh, we're gonna try to put up some, uh, journal editions, uh, of the podcast. Uh, got some, uh, in the queue for, um, uh, went to talk about pine needles. Cause you know, we were there in February and they had the U S open U S women's open there this summer. Uh, I want to talk more in depth about that and then got one I want to do over Boiling Springs because I got to revisit it back in July. And um, so anyway, we'll be sharing those uh, soon in like midweek and then we'll be back on a regular Sunday Sunday schedule with a regular pod. Uh, but we appreciate you guys listening. It's good. And um, in the meantime, we will uh, we uh, hope you guys have fun on the course. Uh, send us DMs of your favorite places to play, where you want to play, what's in the bag right now. And uh, until next Sunday, uh, we will uh, we'll see you guys then. See you guys.